0: This is Battle Tactics for Your Sexist Workplace.
1: A podcast that knows, yes, your workplace is sexist and gives tactics to help change that.
0: I'm Eula Scott Bino.
1: I'm Jeannie Yandel. Oh, and if you like the show, become a patron at patreon.com slash btsw.
0: Mm -hmm, Do it.
1: Hey, it's Jeannie, and I have a question for you. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where you wanted to be an effective ally or advocate for a coworker, but when a situation arises at work that seems like you should be doing or saying something, you worry you won't do the most helpful thing, that your actions or words might actually make things worse for your coworker? In short, how do you know you're actually helping? This is a dilemma that actually comes up a lot in emails from listeners to the show. And in the before times, we talked to somebody about exactly this question. I consider her a total expert in workplace advocacy and allyship, in large part because she's advocated for me, both when we worked together and when we stopped working together. But she's also advocated for a bunch of my colleagues, too. Her allyship is actually kind of legendary among public media folks. (laughs) Her name is Phyllis Fletcher. She's an author and editor who lives here in Seattle. And Eula and I originally talked with Phyllis for a bonus episode for season two. But so much of what she had to say about being an effective ally is still really relevant. So we wanted to make sure everybody can hear what she's got to say. Here's one big strategy that Phyllis recommends. She says, if you want to know whether you're actually an effective ally to your co-workers from underestimated backgrounds, ask those co-workers for feedback. There's there's a whole theory
2: in, um, in journalism. This guy, Bill Marimo, taught me this, this list he has called the seven components of mastering a beat. And... One of those is to audit every story, and that means you go back to your sources and say, hey, so as you know, this story aired this morning. I want to know what you think. And not all the feedback is going to be great, mm-hmm. but he said that that is the fastest way to grow as a reporter. And it's really hard, and it's, it's a way that you learn fast, and you learn, like, the results of your actions, whether they benefited that person or not.
1: Mm. Wow, the idea of doing an audit—that's really yeah powerful. Yeah, it is. It's
2: scary too. You hear that word because it's associated with fear in our culture, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You no, know? it's like damn.
1: Yes. But you know, it was it was a really strong concept. Hmm. You also, I mean, you've talked about asking permission,
2: yeah, from yeah. people
1: that you want to you want to be able to help, support, ally. I mean, what do you mean by that? Asking yeah. permission so
2: many times, man. Because what I think might help, maybe would make that person feel crappy if they found out about it afterwards or feel put on the spot you know if i observe something that to me looks like sexual harassment something i've done is take the target of the harassment aside and say hey you know i want to let you know that i saw this i didn't like it here are some things i could do or say um here are some ways i could or could not shield your identity i want to do what would feel like support to you like i've had that exact conversation um more than once and people take me up on some version of it you know it's like they want the advocacy but sometimes it's like i really want you to do what you could to obfuscate or if you could delay it so that it's not clear that it's about me mm. that's something i've done before mm, so um yeah
1: you know i've i felt really good about that how did you figure out to do that like to ask permission in that way? How did you figure that out? I might have been
2: copying something that someone else offered for me because when I was new in a work environment, they observed, or no, I, I told her about something that didn't feel great, that was definitely harassment. And she was like, okay, <laughs> here are the options that I can think of that could be pursued. You yeah. could do this. I could do that. Blah, blah, blah. Or we could do nothing. The earlier ones are not without risk. This has never been addressed. So how would you like to handle it? I'll do whatever you want. And in that case, I said nothing. I was like, I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Nope. Nothing. How new are you, know? you? Brand spanking new. <laughs> like mm-hmm. a couple months. Yeah. You know? And it's just like, I seriously might not have the career I have. Today, if I had pursued it at that time because this long predated Me Too. Mm. So I I really might have been copying that person, you know, that that she asked me what I wanted. Wow. So, yeah, that was really cool. So I was probably copying her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Too good.
1: Yeah. Where do you think, I mean, one of the things that we've been talking about a lot is what people think allyship is supposed to look like versus how it actually plays out. I mean, where do you think... Where do you think people mess up when they imagine what they should be doing as allies? Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Uh, oh, this is. I'm funny. glad that made you <laughs> laugh. Oh, yeah.
2: yeah, it's funny because um, I think that. So I got to take this um, this class called uh, Supervising a Diverse Workplace, mm. and the first thing the teacher did was show. The 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 pilot of the American TV series The Office, which is Diversity Day. <laughs> oh my God! And he showed that oh, so good. without comment, and then was like, "So we're not going to be doing that here." But what you see is <laughs> they famed Michael Scott, their manager, like just introducing blunder after blunder into the whole situation, and the 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 whole thing that makes it hysterical is that he's trying he's trying the most to shine his own apple. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that I think is the like fatal flaw in any allyship is you're trying to be all sprung on yourself and be like, "Well, <laughs> I'm not racist clearly." <laughs> See everybody, you're that's what you're trying to show if you're doing it wrong, mm-hmm. you know? Like you're not actually trying to remedy anything. Yeah. So I think that's probably the biggest mistake is is when people are trying to, you know, trying to come out of it smelling like a rose and that that's the most important thing to them. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Because, yeah, that whole episode is right, is is him saying, they're saying you need to have diversity understand it, and he's saying, I'm already there. Right, yeah. Like, I already know it all. I'm I'm king ally in charge. And then he goes on to stereotype everybody in the room.
2: It's so crazy. Like, please insert in here, like, the worst scene from that. Like, please put that right here.
1: Stir the pot. Stir the melting pot. Bam. Let's do it. Let's get ugly. Let's get real. Okay. If I have to do this... Based on stereotypes that are totally untrue, that I do not agree with, you would maybe not be a very good driver.
0: Oh, man, am I a woman? <laughs> mm-hmm. That's so funny. I wish, the thing oh. is, I wish I could show the image of, um, what is her name, the white woman, the small, petite white woman? Oh, She's oh wearing, Angela. Angela's wearing just Jamaican on her forehead. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, so I had weird. a moment where, like, flashing before my eyes, like, we have just... I mean, we have at least a dozen emails from people who are like, "My boss thinks he is super woke, yeah, and is very angry that you tr- that I tried a tactic that you recommended in terms of like yeah. how he interrupts people or how right. he treats people of color or whatever." Oh. And it's like that's Michael Scott. And yeah, I never made that connection until right now. Totally. Oh my god! Or is Michael
0: Scott every manager?
1: Oh. Right.
0: Yeah. Based on your own work experience, do you mm-hmm. feel like all women have each other's backs?
2: Hell no. <laughs> 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 is that a trick Come on now. <laughs> it could have been true. But I mean so so I read like two books in the nineties that really helped me that are like not feminist probably in any way, or at least one of them is like probably inherently anti feminist. Mm. Um and the other one is very, very broad and probably not done the best way, but I'll put them out there anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Two books I read in the <laughs> 90s that helped me with a lot of things are The Rules, which is a dating book. Oh
1: my god, I remember that book. Yeah. You don't call him back for three days. Yeah, all of that stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah. And it's, I mean, the way it's written, it is whack. Like I cannot in good conscience endorse it fully. Yeah. But it did help me. And uh the art of happiness. Part of what it helped me separate out is like when other people are doing things that I experience as harmful, they're not doing them to me. They are doing them as a result of things that happened before I was in their realm. Right. And, you know, kind of a shortcutting of that is, um, you know, that it's it has to do with how they've been socialized Mm -hmm. and it has to do with, you know, things that they're trying to protect either emotionally of themselves or like if they're trying to protect like a situation that they have. Um, You know, all of those things are things that they're trying to protect to
0: separate from their Their own pain, you know, I can totally see that. Right. So women against women.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it's I'm glad that I read that before I embarked on this period of my career. I was in software when I read it Mm -hmm. and it was mostly helping me with things, my personal life, I think. But I felt really good about the fact that. I could come into a new realm and like observe those things happening and not feel like, you know, like she's attacking me or whatever, you know, because it's like, no, she I mean, I might I might be experiencing that and that might be a very, very real thing. But that's not like why she's doing it. You know what I mean? And that I feel like helped me have empathy for people who were doing things that that in some cases did harm me mm-hmm. and helped me like come back from that and make me realize that it really had nothing to do with me.
0: Yeah.
1: I just as you were talking about that, I remember I remember an email you sent me. <laughs> I apologized for doing something oh. like a, a deadline related thing or something and oh. you wrote back, you didn't do it to me. Oh, I wow. was like that's <laughs> Mhm. And I actually ended up that really stuck with me. And that helped me kind of think about, like, is somebody doing something to me? Right. Or is it just affecting me? Those are two different things. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And like and all of that. Also, you know, having said all of that, like, definitely people should pursue remedies you know, when when those are available to them, um, you know, when they have been harmed or when potential harm has come to them in a way that's like, you know, against policy and all those kinds of things. Like I fully, fully support that, you know, but there's so much that falls outside of that where you kind of have to make your own piece with it. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's it's just, you know, it's just part of all the different things that happen in the social environment of a workplace.
1: Okay. Do you know this term positive neutralism? Have you ever heard this? No. Okay. So positive neutralism is um, like traditionally it was sort of like a colonialist way of being like, you know, England would show up and be positive, try to be positive neutral in like Uh a country that they were trying to sort of control, which is like, we're not going to get involved in any local skirmishes. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. but. I mean, come on, mm-hmm. their presence like changes things. Mm-hmm. So anyway, like in a personal interaction way, positive neutralism is like, I'm not going to take sides. Right. I'm not going to get involved in controversy. Yeah. Uh, Whenever there's criticism, I'm going to give positive feedback. OK. Right. Yeah. So do you think you can be like positive neutral in work and be an ally?
2: I mean. No, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. it doesn't sound like it. It's real. <laughs> yeah. And I can see why that is a very tempting idea. Um, but I think that especially the more power you accrue, the less that you should be handling things that way. You know, like when you have zero power, like if you if you are really like brand spanking new. And and you don't feel your personal power or your your power like you want to um, devote all of it you can to advance yourself. There might be times when you be like, you know what, I'm not going to say anything about that right now, but I'm going to remember that that happened. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can accumulate knowledge like that can be a phase of like your career building. But um, the more that you have influence and power, you have to use it to set people straight. It will help you later. It will help you later to do that. And it will look different for different people, I think. But um, I think especially now and especially people listening to this understand that, like, you know, the the more you try to go neutral, you're, you're like supporting status quo things that aren't OK, mm-hmm. you know. Mm. And so um, there will be different ways that you can figure out how to address that. But um, but you you have to. I think it's a survival thing.
0: You have to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and the thing about being positive and neutral is that uh whatever harm has been done is never uh, fixed and more right. and more harm is like on its way.
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. England did not do well.
2: Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And it's I mean, I think it's great to use historical examples too, because it it puts you in that like right or wrong side of history mm. mind frame, you know? Like I will always believe that the person who um who gave me options about what to do when I was sexually harassed was on the right side of history about that. She didn't tell me to shut up. She gave me options, you know, Mm -hmm. and that was really cool. She was on the right side of history. Awesome.
1: Yeah. And that wasn't positive neutral. Like positive neutral would have been like, I'm so sorry that happened to you. And then that would have been the end of the conversation. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Totally. Wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which is is
0: HR.
2: Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) That's what you mean by positive neutral HR. Those are the what the Switzerland. (laughs)
1: Yes, (laughs) yes, (laughs) yes. Mm -hmm. I like that. I just like the term because I like. I started thinking about who do I know who's positive neutral, and I could. It was like that was the first time I had language for like. Oh, that's what that is. Yeah, totally. Yes, yeah, (laughs) yeah. I like that. Thank you. So you just said that when you yourself kind of amass more power and confidence in your career, you've got to use it to help other people. How did you figure that out? Like, was there a time when you didn't want to do that or you had to question whether it was the right thing to do? Well, you know, um,
2: I remember uh, figuring out at a past workplace that there was a system to getting raises and that involved filling out paperwork, which I love. (laughs) <laughs> Paperwork is your friend by the way. If 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 you are if you are averse to workplace con- uh, confrontation mm. or you feel like you bring your baggage with you when you are making proposals around how much you're going to be paid, okay? Mm. <laughs> Cuz let me tell you they're bringing theirs. <laughs> yeah. So so when you like want to have like like a baggage limited um you know interaction around your pay, paperwork is your friend because you're doing it the way you're supposed to do it. There is a process and you, you know, you fill it all out and you propose it. That is your written proposal about why you deserve to be paid what you're proposing. Yeah. So, I I figured out what the paperwork process was and I filled it all out and it was effective. I got the raise I had proposed. And something that made me feel really good but also kind of scared was that the the person who was in charge of, like, the mechanics of of pushing those things through said, you know, no one else here has ever done this. You knocked it out of the park the first time. Mm. I would love to show the next person how to do this, and I would love to use your paperwork as an example. Can I do that? And I actually did say yes, but what I was afraid of was the person looking at the paperwork and thinking that I was all sprung on myself. Mm-hmm. And so I, I said yes, but with a huge caveat of, can you please tell her <laughs> that, you know, she's going to see a bunch of things that look like me bragging about myself, but it was for a specific purpose to advocate for my raise and that I want her to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember feeling so crunchy about that, like, oh, God, like, you know, They're going to think I'm high on my own supply. You know, like, please (laughs) tell her I'm not, you know. Yeah. um, Or, like, what I like to explain in person is, like, okay, maybe I am kind of high on my own supply, but you should be also, you know. And I feel like that's an in-person conversation. So, so, yeah, I kept giving that caveat when she would ask, oh, can I show it to this person, that person? And for a long time, I said, please, they're going to see me bragging about myself, but that it's it's in the context of advocating for myself for a raise, which I want them to also do.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the ideal time to brag for myself. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's, it is so hard for us to brag on each, for ourselves. Yeah. So often we need an ally yeah. to do it for us. Yeah. I think about that Beyonce line where she's like, my, my daddy make me feel my mom make me feel my sister make me feel my you know none of that is her right she doesn't right. make herself feel any kind of way yeah the input pa- the impact of her of everybody around her telling her who she is allows her to have the confidence to walk into those spaces
1: oh but yeah. if, if
0: she would have said those same lines of like I make myself feel fine I make myself right. look good <laughs> I make myself feel great I make myself smart we would all have a different opinion of it, right,
2: right. wow yeah yeah, yeah. and I've, I still find myself having that kind of conversation with people on like micro and macro levels like even it wasn't that long ago Go. I feel like I've come a long way since that particular one where I was first asked to share my paperwork. But um, even just like a month ago, someone was asking to see my cover letters, and I said, "Oh, sure." And then I gave them to him, and I said, "You know, by the way, mm-hmm. I did say it again. I was like, it's gonna seem like I'm kind of sparring myself, but you know, that's what you got to do. You got to distinguish yourself in a cover letter, and you got to be entertaining, and da da da. You know." Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Oh, I got you, I got you. You know." So, and he wanted to see it, but yeah, it's still enough of a thing for me that I'm like I want you to know I want you to have the context which is silly and and what (laughs) What? did you learn from all that yeah I mean I feel like what I learned is that it's still really hard for people but they're not going to interpret what I did as whack but it's still hard for them to brag about themselves and sometimes that's even how they'll put it they'll be like well i don't want to like brag about myself and i'm like but it's your linkedin you have to to. come on man you know and like i'll 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 be walking people through well like What did you, you know, like, what exactly did you do? And what's an example of how things changed from when you started to when you ended? And, okay, well, yeah, put that down. You know, like, it's kind of an extension of being an editor sometimes in a way. Yeah. Of just, like, having people write down their own stuff of how awesome they've done things over the years, you know? Mm -hmm. So... So, yeah, but it's it's still hard for people.
0: Um, yeah. What advice do you have for um, other women who want to support other women in the workplace but just don't know how and don't know where to start?
2: Yeah, well, one of my favorites that I even did just last week was someone um, came up with, a, with an idea that I thought was pretty awesome. And I told her on the spot, like... Look, I'm going to be talking to that person soon, or I just talked to her or something, so I have an excuse to follow up. I'm going to mention your idea. I'm going to attribute it to you, and I'm going to say that I think it's a good idea because da 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 And I did that, and then I went back to the first person and said, I want you to know I told her your idea and I told her why I thought it was really good. And she seemed to think it was cool, too. But, like, it's down on wax. Like, it is a Slack message that exists that you had this idea and that it was really good. And I I like that because, um, again, I'm not coming in, like, especially as a new person on my job, like, uh, it, that's where like horn tooting can get a little sensitive sometimes if you're a new person and you're like i have all the great new ideas you're
0: molly on insecure yeah, <laughs> right? yeah just walked in day one and was trying to become partner it was all like
2: right? sit back girl <laughs> but like if i'm saying oh this other person who's you know predates me has this really great idea i i noticed it and i'm passing it along to you like a i'm properly attributing credit and be like, I still am looking smart by association because I am recognizing a good idea. Mm-hmm. So, so, and that's also, I feel like another benefit of that is that person then knows that if they ever come up with a good idea, I am going to share it, you know, with the attribution to them. Like they know that that's something I do. Mm-hmm. So I think that that can be a really effective way, especially, When people are introverted, you know, like I mentioned before, like sometimes people don't always feel great, like raising their hand with their awesome ideas. But she had an awesome idea. So I passed it along Mm -hmm. and I hope that we use it.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's a really good, like clear way. Like that is a clear action. that You could sort of undertake. Yeah. Yeah. we get a lot of emails and like notes from people saying like this thing happened, somebody said something that was gross or inappropriate and I didn't say anything. Yeah. What should I say in the moment next time? How do I how do I how do I respond next time? Yeah. It feels kind of like from the emails that we get that everybody thinks they have to have the perfect thing to say <laughs> in the moment when somebody says or does something inappropriate. Right. How do you you're I'm glad that yeah, like okay. That's so how do you think through that? Like I mean, what
2: yeah, because, so when I was in, you might know this about me, Jeannie, when I was in, like, fourth grade, one of my hobbies that I wrote down in my diary was capping on people. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that, and I actually, I
0: had a oh book of caps that I read. For, the, for, the, for those who don't know, capping just is, yeah. like, uh, ranking on someone. <laughs> putting, totally. putting someone down. Yes. Yeah, um, cutting shoot, somebody down, shooting, yeah. Shooting shots. Yeah, uh, yes. uh, uh Firing off at yeah. them. Yes, totally. mm-hmm.
1: Yes, <laughs> Yes.
2: And I think that I was so obsessed with that because it's such a like it's another fantasy idea. Right. That you'll always have the perfect thing to say. They'll be like, bam. Oh, <laughs> like that's why those moments are so legendary. Right. Yeah. Because like, you know, it's like it's a it's a thing that's so rare. Yeah. And um, a couple things about that. One, like it's OK if you are not the pro at that, because that is a very, like you almost have to be a stand-up comedian to like be that quick, right? Yeah, you do. And you don't always want to be uh, that guy or uh, that person because it's not always gonna be effective, depending on the power dynamic of the room and um depending on retaliation or whatever like it it could actually bring harm to the person that you think you're trying to defend Mm. um so it is okay to not have the perfect thing i think it always sticks in people's mind like oh if only i had said that one thing um Mm. but like i feel it's like it's okay for that to be elusive it's okay because once you've said the thing like a it might not come out so perfect as you think and b like you can't unsay it you can't unring the the bell so free yourself of the obligation to
1: respond in the moment with the exact perfect thing that is very 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 hard one of the things that i have i have seen from observing you is that like it's not like the work is not always seen or recognized or it doesn't happen in front of other people yeah you know very true i mean so i don't know that feels like those are two things that are hard that may be hard for some people to grapple with is one, you're not going to get like a medal for doing this because people may not see it, yeah. you know? And then two is like, it's, you know, it could, it it might be risky to you. Like you are sort of putting your power on the line a little bit sometimes. So, I mean, how do you, how do you think through all that stuff?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think that it's, so you talk about tactics, right? It's the, it's the, strategy behind the tactic you know and a lot of times you know like you'll be like okay if i say this to this person then this is going to happen this that does that blah 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 and when you can see like you know i will either i'll I'll still have my job at the end of it or if i don't care as much about (laughs) having my job like i will walk out of it having been having actualized my beliefs you know then then it's okay, you know, and it's not, and you've checked in with the other person, it's not gonna harm them, you know, it's okay. And I'm not some like master chess player or anything, you know, <laughs> but yeah. like, you're just thinking through like, okay, well then, this will probably happen, then that, the worst thing that'll happen is probably this or that, and it probably be okay, I'm gonna say something, you know, and like, I'm gonna say it today, or I'm gonna say it tomorrow, or I'm gonna, whatever it is, you know, just kind of thinking it through. Yeah.
0: Is there a starter pack for being like, a good ally for women?
2: Hmm. Well, obviously, this podcast, for sure. Mm, um, thank and you. yeah, for sure. <laughs> and um, I think that um, I mean, it, this is a thing that I always think about of just like, you know, starting out by doing your own reading, you know, yeah. and so like, you know, finding voices on Twitter and people who are writing about this stuff, even if it's even if it's just just air quotes, tweets, or if it's longer articles or whatever, to to really, like, um, you know, learn from multiple voices what that could look like. And, you know, start talking about it with people you feel comfortable, you know, talking about these things with at work or in your personal life or wherever it is, you know. So, to, like, read, find your people. And then, like, I think then each Decision from there doesn't have to feel like as big of a thing as it would if you felt like you were isolated, starting on your own, you know, from from nothing, you know, and and to also be super aware of how you've been socialized and what's been great about that and what hasn't, because how you've been socialized also contributes to the sociology of your workplace, which then contributes to the v- The product that you produce. Um, So
1: when you talk about socialization in the workplace, what do you mean by that? What kinds of things are people bringing in that they've been socialized to do or think that have an impact on a workplace where we're talking about allyship? Like we need allyship.
2: Yeah, for sure. Well, so all of us have been socialized from pre-birth based on attributes that our parents And all of society have have projected onto us. So that can have to do with our race, that can have to do with our gender, all kinds of things. And we continue to be socialized that way all up until the moment that we bump into each other at work. And that that process, like to take one example um, about like. Pay advocacy. Like even the way that we talk about pay in the workplace is very loaded and gendered as far as what it looks like to advocate for your own pay. A lot of times people talk about asking for a raise, but in your life, in most of your social socialization, Who's the biggest person that you ask for anything or for for money or permission? Your parents. Mm -hmm. Your parents are the ones who socialize you around money. Also, Uh, there's a lot of secrecy around it. There's a lot of shutting things down. Um, when the more that specific question a kid would ask oh, we don't talk about that you know it's not nice to talk about it it's and, rude to ask right I asked my right. mom one
0: time and she made and she told me it was rude to ask
2: right right it's rude to ask don't ask and then especially if you're asking for something for yourself I already gave it to you no you know mm. um, which could be completely appropriate in that parental relationship but part of capitalism socializes you to be uneducated about money. You are not educated about money and how to advocate for yourself in a public school system. Um, that's, it's not an accident, right? And so by the time you're getting into a workplace, you've been socialized at home With secrecy around money, Um, you have been uh, possibly socialized in your teen years regarding like whether or not you should even get a job. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've been socialized at and what type of job that should be. You've been socialized at school through negligence not being educated about money then all of a sudden you're supposed to fucking nail it in your first negotiation with your first (laughs) job out of college Mm -hmm. give me a break you've been socialized to fail at that right so i'm doing so
0: good at what society planned for me
2: (laughs) (laughs) so then when it comes to like oh no like the scales fall from your eyes and you realize that you're being underpaid what I want you to know at that moment is that it is not your fault. You have been socialized to this moment to be underpaid, and your the people holding the purse strings statistically are most likely men, and they have been socialized to say no to you,
0: mm. right? Blow my mind. Yeah.
2: So they have been. Uh, so then, by the t- that's what I was talking about, um, or that's what I talk about when I'm talking about people coming into a negotiation room with their baggage Ah. and how that conversation goes. It is patriarchal baggage, literally. And so the best thing you can do to prepare yourself for that is to be aware of how you've been socialized and to make educated guesses about how your opponent has been socialized and to do everything you can to undermine that in the negotiation and that starts with not asking for a raise you're not asking for anything you are making a proposal based on your contribution to your organization's bottom line period you're not asking for nothing Wow, that's what i'm talking about (laughs) so (laughs) as far as how that appears in allyship it can be um it can be just introducing that concept In a way that is accessible to that person and empowers that person and doesn't make them feel like a dum-dum or that like somehow Phyllis Fletcher has figured it all out and I haven't like (laughs) because it's it's stuff that I think everybody knows on like a deep, deep level. But what they struggle with is just being told no and feeling powerless Mm. and then not knowing what to do with that. And that's why you hear so many stories about women walking out of negotiations with tears because Something about entering into that took them back to that very young place where they were being told no by their parents Mm -hmm. because they opened the negotiation with an ask or they were treated like it was an ask, even if they were trying not to. And we got to just throw all that baggage (laughs) out the window (laughs) out of out of there all of it's getting tossed and it's hard and it requires like discipline and focus and I think one thing that can really help is doing as much of it on paper as possible
1: thank you
0: again so much for joining us this afternoon
1: oh you're welcome thanks for inviting me Phyllis Fletcher is an editor and author and a good friend to the show You can find her on Twitter at Phil, P-H-Y-L, Fletch, F-L-E-T-C-H.
0: Battle Tactics for Your Sexist Workplace is an independent podcast.
1: Our senior producer is Kyle Norris, and our show is mixed by Bethany Denton. Our production partner is Studio 2B Seattle. This podcast was co-founded in partnership with KUOW Puget Sound Public Radio and the University of Washington.
0: We were inspired by the book Feminist Fight Club by Jessica Bennett.
1: Our music is by Kessia Gordon and our brand design is by Tio. You can find Tio on Instagram at T-E-O dot underscore Dora, which is spelled D-O-R-A. And huge, massive, gigantic, Big, big thanks. Big, big. To Phyllis Fletcher, Bree Ripley, and Dana Bialik. Thank you all so much. You can get in touch with us on Instagram,
0: Facebook, and Twitter at Podcasts, or by emailing btswpodcast at gmail.com. And if you love the show, help us make it. Patronize us. Become a patron at patreon.com slash btsw. And...
1: As long as you're at your computer or your phone, please take a moment to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. And then tell a friend about our show. Word of mouth is actually the biggest way our audience grows, which is extremely cool. Mm -hmm.
0: All right, you guys. Keep fighting the good fight. Bye, everyone. Bye. Talk to you soon.